0: Welcome to Marketing Mysteries Solved, where we explore the trials and triumphs of marketing for healthcare executives. Wendy O'Donovan Phillips, CEO of Big Buzz, is on the case, interviewing guests through her proprietary process and solving some of the toughest marketing challenges in the industry. Let's get started.
1: My guest today is one of the most enthusiastic, passionate, and optimistic people in the senior living industry, if I do say so myself, Christy Vander Westheisen, Vice President of Sales and Marketing at MBK Senior Living, Brand Ambassador at Bridge the Gap, the Senior Living Podcast. She is an expert in senior living sales and marketing for owner-operated and third-party management companies. I feel like everything she does is colorful and creative and fascinating. Welcome, Christy.
2: Hi Wendy! Hello. That was so a really great introduction, here. by the way. So thank you.
1: <laughs> you bet. We're just we're stoked to have you on the show. And you guys are just your company. MBK is just back from your company-hosted Disney Day. Tell me about that.
2: Yes. So every year, MBK Real Estate. So we're part of MBK Real Estate. We have three different divisions, and and Senior Living is one of the divisions. And every year, they sponsor a family Disney Day. To where all of the team members are at home office, get to go to Disney for free. Parking is paid. I mean, it is just an amazing adventure. Wow. And we all have lunch together. We meet different characters together. And then we all go off on our own Disney adventures. But this was by far my favorite Disney day because my daughter just turned seven. And she loves all things Disney related. I mean, princesses Perfect age. and mm-hmm. everything. <laughs> and so I was able to bring my husband and my daughter and it was a, a really great time. Working for a company, knowing that they invest in team members that way and their family members is, in my opinion, very worthwhile and, and it has lasting effects.
1: It's so true. It's so true. And the buzz that y'all generate from those sorts of I mean, there are so many that that I have seen from you guys where I feel like MBK is like all about bringing people together in creative ways. And then what happens is that so many of y'all in the company post about it, comment on each <laughs> other's, right? And then you get like, you know, the people that you serve start commenting and sharing. And I, on the Disney day post alone, like I saw like three comments that were like, wow, this is beyond amazing and like incredible. And like, this is what dreams are made of. So MBK has like a real knack for creating that kind of buzz. What's the secret?
2: Ooh, wow. It's not keeping the things to ourselves. We should celebrate what we're doing and and hopefully inspire other companies to do similar, if not the same things. So I'm not sure, but we, we enjoy sprinkling magic fairy dust in the senior living industry if i could be so um, I love that. silly about that but it's true it's not silly industry, at all i think that is yeah yeah it's like this like magic fairy dust and we even for what we do quarterly sales summits with our directors of sales and executive directors and one of our themes i think it was last year we did a disney themed and beforehand we sent these itty bitty the cutest little Glasses of glitter. It was powered by sales pixie dust, and our sales summit was entitled "A Whole New World." So we sprinkled this little fairy dust wherever we go.
1: <laughs> I love it. I love it, and that's not silly at all. I think that what is really working, you know, from an objective third party outsider, because we're not working together on marketing and branding currently, and and like just like having seen it as an objective third party. I keep thinking to myself, Christy, at like at the helm of branding and marketing, must be orchestrating this along with your internal events department. Is that true? Or is this just sort of happening in by way of like partial culture? How would you say y'all orchestrated it, if at all?
2: Ooh. Well, I think it started from almost day one of me joining the company. We really wanted to get to know our team members better at the community level. And what better way than to do a lot of fun, engaging things. We would do live drawings and we would pull names out of hats and do prizes and, or we would have these live chat sessions where people could, team members could ask us any questions. Nothing was off the off limits. And so I think it was really important for us to be real and be authentic and get to know our team members at the community level. And part of my authenticity is excitement and enthusiasm and it's not fake. I mean, I hope that you can, you can see that and
1: and feel that 100%. It's it's so authentic and so real. I totally get that. You're not making this up.
2: (laughs) My parents, I mean, I, I talk to my parents all the time and this truly is a job where I'm telling them, look, this is exactly how your daughter is, how you raised her to be. And I'm just lucky enough to find a company who embraces that.
1: Mm-hmm. I think that's
2: like that's like a critical piece to the puzzle was MBK and especially Jeff Fisher, our president, embraced everything that I brought to the table.
1: I love it. And I love that it. That
2: includes nutty dress up days or enthusiastic pixie dust that we right. send to our team members. And you know right. what's really cool is that we'll see a FaceTime or call a community director of sales. And I will see the little pixie dust sitting on their desk. That mm-hmm. to me is so cool.
1: Yeah. Because
2: it's not just like some tchotchke that just gets thrown out and it's like, ugh, another sales doodad. It's something that I'm hoping brings some inspiration to our team members where they're part of something greater.
1: And it's that inspiration, I think, that is so sticky, right? Like when I lecture to senior living organizations, I talk about how. Brand really, it's an inside job for starters, right? That like you have to have attracted the right people and have them in the right seats on the bus. Then it's about like internally communicating a culture that is genuinely, to your point, inspiring to people that they're like, you know what, I do wake up wanting to come to work. And I do, and especially in this industry, I think it could be really challenging. To create that kind of culture, because it can, the day to day work certainly can be a grind. And yet I think folks like you and, and other people within your organization who share those same values of like, it's not silliness. It's passion. It's not, you know, pixie dust. It's inspiration. Like when you all agree on that internally and then you start to radiate that outward, the way y'all do on social media, across content marketing, throughout your brand amplification. Then you start to attract to the communities that y'all manage the families and the residents that really feel like they belong there. Right. And when they're searching for communities, MBK communities stand out because it's like, wow, this is very different. I actually feel like this is like life and this is lively and this is vibrant. And that's the life that I want to live in my senior year. So my hat's off to you. I see it like all, you know, sort of those concentric circles coming together uh-huh. of like, Culture, internal marketing, external marketing in the way of brand, social media, content marketing, it becomes this really cool, self-fulfilling prophecy.
2: Yeah. I mean, part of that circle that we're talking about is our team members. And it's, yeah, inspiring our team members and loving on them and, and treating them the way that they want to be treated. That in turn creates these really cool environments of where our, our residents live and thrive and get to, yeah, have that fairy pixie dust sprinkled Mm -hmm. on them too. Mm -hmm. So I think it's almost this machine that is moving itself now. Yes. pretty cool.
1: Yeah. It is really cool. And it does become like, I call it that self-fulfilling prophecy, but that's a better way of saying it, Christy, that it gets its own momentum going. You oil the gears enough And you listen. I mean, I I just, I see you guys doing a lot of listening where it's like, clearly you've listened to what team members want. You're delivering that. Clearly you've listened to what the people you serve want. You're delivering on that. And then the more that you do that, the more oiled those gears, and then they're just oiling themselves. Makes your job so much easier.
2: (laughs) Oh, yes, absolutely. And and I think that Wendy, a part of that puzzle is absolutely the listening part of it. Mm -hmm. And that was something that I neglected to say at the very, very beginning of my tenure with MBK. I asked team members, uh, specifically directors of sales uh, and executive directors who we consider the sales leaders of their communities to tell us what they wanted. What did they feel were challenges at their communities or what did they feel we did really well that we didn't want to change? And so I think that was kind of the, the very, very beginning of, okay, I want to earn trust with these team members, we have to make some actionable things from what they feel have been challenges in the past. And so that kind of was the roadmap, at least for the first year, was, okay, XYZ was a challenge for community members. Okay, what can we do at the home office level to fix them? And then we did, and then moved on to the next thing. But that to me was a big determinator for what the first year looked like and and to Mm -hmm. hopefully earn trust from the team members. Like, look, we at home office, we are here to help you. You don't work for us. We actually work for you. Mm, So tell us what you need. Tell us what you, in order to make your job better and more successful, what do you need? And and I hope that we did that.
1: Totally. And it's that listening. Then taking right action based upon that, you know, in this case, voice of the employee data, right? Right. I see a lot of organizations do the listening part. Mm -hmm. They're gathering, you know, whether it's employee satisfaction surveys, customer satisfaction surveys. But I think once an organization gets to be a certain size, it could become cumbersome to act on it and to show that action. How does MBK overcome that challenge?
2: Oh, I mean, that's still a challenge because we get feedback. Every day on different things. But we do have a leader who really encourages action. He likes to know. And again, that's Jeff Fisher and, and mm-hmm. my counterpart, um, Michael Bartelmeier, who's our uh, SVP of operations. They're very action oriented. I don't think that really has been a challenge for us, but we do get feedback. And most of the time, the feedback is very constructive and is actionable. But there are some times when we just want, we just need to listen. And one of my favorite things that I learned many years ago from a great mentor was when someone is giving feedback at the end ask okay what do you want me to do with this feedback?
1: Ah so And
2: sometimes good. they just want someone to listen. 100%. And actually, most of the time that's they don't want any action. They just want to be heard. Mm-hmm. And so that to me has been a big piece to to the puzzle is actually asking okay, what action do you want me or the company to take? And most of the time, it's nothing that people just need to be heard and and seen. And I think that we as people need that anyway, no matter in the corporate world or not.
1: It's interesting how we lose sight of that very basic fact when we're doing business, right? That like, I think one thing that you and I have in common is we don't do a whole lot of like suiting up, for, you know, we're recording a podcast and you and I are just sitting here sort of chitty chatting, right? Yeah. Where, you know, I could have put on a blazer and put my hair in a bun and put on too much makeup. and Right. And like, we, like we sometimes do that in business where it's like, well, I better sound important, look important, but just (laughs) to like show up and to hear somebody out and be like, I heard you. And then I love that question. What action do you want me to take? And MBK is known for the philosophy that the best living experiences begin with great communication. So on your website, it, it says it's the touchstone of our relationship-based care philosophy. Absolutely. What else does that look like inside the communities?
2: So one thing that we really lean on is the concept of Yo-I Shigoto. which if you go to our website, mbkseniorliving.com, you'll read all about it, but we're a Japanese-owned company and Yo-I Shigoto, directly translated from Japanese means the good quality work and we've kind of simplified it just to the good work. So every single thing we do as a company, whether it's something, a message being communicated or something that we're doing as a company or an innovation that we have, ultimately, we have to ask ourselves, is it the right thing? But is it is it the good work? Does it reflect that commitment to doing the right thing, the good work at all times? And if it's not, we don't do it. We figure out if there a, a better way, a different way. We just don't do it. Right. So that philosophy—it's not even a philosophy. It's—it's it's kind of like way more than a philosophy. It's in the thread of our, mm. you know, company. It's—it's mm-hmm. it's in it, and that to me is the ultimate driver for every decision that mm-hmm. we make. Is it the right thing? Is it moving forward? the idea of the good work? Is it propelling it forward? Is it, or are we taking a step back?
1: I adore that. We have a client that is Japanese, a Japanese-owned company. So we really appreciate all those Japanese phrases. And I just want to point out here the, the contrast between, and I'm hoping I'm saying this correctly, Yoishigodo and mm-hmm. Kaizen, right? Like Kaizen is probably one of the most known Japanese philosophies in business. And that is like the like perpetual striving for excellence. And that sometimes... And I see organizations get caught up on that of like, it's got to be perfect. like Let's make it more perfect. <laughs> and, right. and, and it sort of becomes more about the business and the people running the business than the people who are affected by the business at the end of the day. And especially in this post-pandemic world, I just... Adore this idea of let's just do the good work. Like right. it doesn't have to be perfect. It do- we don't even have to like be making like leaps and hurdles of progress all of the time. Like let's just show up day after day and be good to people and have good conversations and do good listening and take good action on the things that we hear. What if yep. we all ran senior living organizations like that?
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yep. I mean, yeah. I yeah, I love it. At like at the end of the day, strip all the Fancy-schmancy, you know, innovations and and anything that we've adopted in senior living. And at the core of it, are we doing the good work? There you go. Then the rest will fall into place. Follow.
1: Yeah, totally.
2: Exactly. All
1: right. So 18 MBK senior living communities have just been recognized in U.S. News and World Report as best in a ranking report out very recently. Uh, That sort of of recognition does not happen overnight. How did y'all do it?
2: Ooh! Oh gosh! I don't know. Doing the good work. Yeah. Can it be that easy? I mean, honestly, can it be that easy of an answer? Because it can. It's not overnight. Absolutely, it's not overnight. But at the core of it, there is is an amazing executive director Mm -hmm. leading the team. It's the team holding each other accountable. It's doing the good work with our residents and family members. So it's not necessarily a magic bullet per se. It really is doing the good work in all areas of the community. So, And if
1: I can piggyback on that, what I see you guys doing, I think you hit it right on the head that like, so often we'll have senior living organizations call us and say, you know, our occupancy isn't where we want it to be and we need like a quick fix. And it's like, so okay. that's <laughs> right. I, wish I, like I your... wish. I like your response better than mine because I, I always go into like explaining. <laughs> I like how you're just like, but uh-huh. yeah. it's so true. Well. Like it just isn't going to, there's not going to be a silver bullet. There's so much to be said for just showing up day after day. And I tell my team this all the time. There's so much to be said for showing up day after day after day after day, doing the same darn thing that you're just really good at. And then coupling that with, as you were talking about earlier, that listening, those listening mechanisms where like getting feedback on like, what does the good work look like to your team members? How do they reflect that back to you? How do the families and residents reflect that back to you? How do your executive directors reflect that back to you? And then continuing that virtuous loop, right? Of like, I will deliver the good work. You keep telling me what your experience of that is, good, bad, or ugly. And we will continue our progress towards delivering the good work. It's not necessarily sexy. It's not necessarily <laughs> terribly exciting. It's very exciting when you get an award like this, right? Yeah. When the dividends start paying off. But day by day, it's probably not something terribly exciting or sexy. It just is. I think that what it is, and, and I experience this in my work, the longer that I've I've been at the helm of Big Buzz for 15 years now, and the longer that I do it, Christy, the more I'm grounded in, there are a handful of things that I do well. And then there are a handful of things that each one of my very talented team members does well. And collectively, we can, like you all, deliver. We like to say we do good work for good people. And and, and day by day, let us just do that. And just to sit with like, that's plenty. Like it doesn't have to be, especially in the 2000s, like we watched these corporations get carried away with like, taking investor dollars and getting so blown out of proportion in terms of what they were going to deliver and then really not being able to deliver it. And, you know, some of them ended very badly and are now on Netflix. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, that's very true. Right? So very just true. like, it's so simple, but I think sometimes so easy to stray away from just do the next right thing over yes. and over and over again.
2: Yep. I even think that isn't that part of frozen too. It's do the next right thing or the next best thing. Okay. Yeah. It's in a song. I mean, again, I know this from my seven-year-old daughter watching frozen yes. many, many, many times. <laughs> um, yeah, but it's true. It's like, okay, do the right thing and then do the next right thing.
1: Repeat, repeat.
2: You do the next right thing. (laughs) One thing that I've had to learn, not necessarily the hard way, but I have learned to give myself grace on the fact that I don't know everything all the time in every situation and to lean on people who are much smarter than I am. I have a fantastic corporate director of marketing, Michelle, and there are plenty of times When I go, hey, can you help me with this marketing thing? Because I'm not sure, blah, blah, blah. And it took me a while to get to that point to be able to say, yeah, I don't know the answer. Can you please help me? Or, hey, there's this profit loss statement, accounting department. Can you help me figure out what this line item means or whatever? I would say probably in the beginning of my career, I wasn't able to do that. And I would just say, oh, I'm just going to figure it out myself. But there are so many people with talents, like you said, Wendy, that you may not be as talented in that area. But there is someone, you know, literally three feet away from me, Michelle, my marketing guru, she knows the answer. So I should probably Mm -hmm. just wave the white flag and say, hey, Michelle, can you help me with this? I don't know what to do with this. And surrounding yourself with really talented people, to me, makes a great leader. A great totally leader agree. is not is not someone who knows everything all the time. A great leader is someone who's authentic enough to say, "I actually don't know. Let me find out for you." I totally. It's taken me a while, and though.
1: It's <laughs> taken me a while too, and I think you probably know this from listening to the show and and watching my videos over time. One of my personal passions is uplifting women in business, and I've done a lot of research and reading on this. And there are clinical studies from psychologists that show that we are still wired like cave people. So women are wired like cave women who would come out and look over a landscape and say, well, the poisonous berries are over there. Let me protect my young from that. The berries that we want are over there. And then there's some mint over there as well and some herbs, but they could scan all of that at one time. And decide very quickly where to focus and where to protect their family. And we still are wired to do that. So we look at all of these marketing and branding projects, you and I, and we go, okay, I'll fight way. I'll do all of it. And let me avoid that part because that part is scary, but like, <laughs> let me go to this direction. And so, so I think I too, like, as I've, as I've matured in my career and my life, and then certainly as I've hired people smarter than me, it is, <laughs> ever a great reminder for me to humble myself to say you know what i don't know let me go be curious let me go ask the people and my own grandmother used to say that all the time to us grandkids she's like go out and meet the people what's the best way to go meet people is go ask them a question about what motivates them about what you know makes them tick about what gets them out of bed in the morning and like or you know can you help me with this what a beautiful humble question to ask in your work in your life, you know, we're, we're both mothers and wives and we got, we need a lot of help.
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. And you know, one of the things that I, I love to ask my own team is, Hey, if you were me, what would you do with this scenario? Because then it opens my eyes to a lot of different viewpoints that maybe I have not just thought of. Mm-hmm. So I like to, to say, Hey, this is my challenge. How would you solve it? If you were me? So that, that has helped a lot. I mean, even this morning I was talking to one of my team members and I said, Hey, this is my challenge. I have this going, that going, this going, how would you structure that for
1: me? If you were me, Mm
2: -hmm. she gave me the answer. And then we just ran with
1: it. It was great. (laughs) Right. Just to get that fresh perspective. Totally. So speaking of challenges, like sometimes it can look like all rainbows and sunshine, but we all know that companies (laughs) face challenges. What are some of the pain points that MBK is facing right now that maybe our listeners might relate to?
2: I think adoption of technology is something that we are really focusing on because I don't think we have every single department utilizing the right technology that talks to each other. That is a big challenge for us. Mm -hmm. We're looking at what technologies that each department is using. How do they talk to each other? Do they talk to each other? So that's, I mean, that's been a big focus for us and putting together all of that information in a business intelligence platform. That's been a big challenge for us too, because let's say you wanted a, a piece of information. You're an executive director, You just walk in, you want to see how your day's looking. You want to see, did you have overtime the day before? How many leads came in overnight? You want one place where you can see all your business analytics and business intelligence. And what do I need to focus my day on? Is there something like flashing red on my dashboard that I need to address right then the minute I get in? But right now, we don't have that ability. We have to go searching. For it. We have to mm-hmm. log into this program to see our overtime hours. We have to log into this program to see leads and any tours that we have scheduled. So I think getting everything into one place so our executive directors can make very quick business decisions, mm-hmm. strategic decisions is a big focus for us. I do think that's a challenge because we don't want our teams wasting time going to 10 different places before they can start their day efficiently. Totally.
1: totally. Yes. Just to have that business intel at their fingertips to make a huge difference. That's great.
2: Yeah. So I mean, again, our goal, our goal is to grow to about 100 communities. We're 35 right now. So if you think we're going to triple in size, these challenges are not going to get better or easier.
1: So. And It's such a point well taken from the person in charge of branding and marketing. I think in my experience, so often the marketing executive who sits in your seat is not empowered to see that. I see a lot of executive teams or owners or investors say, this is the direction we're headed. We're going to grow from 35, a particular, I won't say it on on air, but a particular community comes to mind where like the executive team and the investors were like, out like a rocket in terms of like we're going to go from 35 communities to 100 it was scaling at, at that similar level and then the marketing executive who sat in your seat she and I were having conversations about you know what is the intel that you need at your fingertips in order to make great marketing and branding decisions and, right. she, and she got very clear about it and understood exactly what she needed There was just a disconnect that, like, the CEO and the COO and the investors were like, oh, that's nice, but we're going to do it differently. And you make such a good point that, like, if you haven't bolstered all systems across the board operations, technology, which is part of operations, finance, and marketing if all those systems aren't bolstered and streamlined, and, you know, in this case, available at a, a fingertip. It's just going to be that much harder to scale. If not, you know, it's, you sort of start moving backwards even.
2: Yeah. Well, I think that people can become very siloed if the information is siloed. Mm -hmm. So I think that's, that's important to note. And then also, Wendy, I absolutely have a seat at the executive table. And I think that's very critical.
1: Yes. And rare.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So I have a seat at the executive table. I'm totally heard and listened to. That's great. And I think that that plays a big part in how empowered I feel at MBK.
1: And when I look back at what you've shared with me and what I know about the MBK culture, I mean, y'all are just so committed to culture and so committed to getting the right people in the right seat. And you've talked already in the show today about like, when you took the job, you were really forthright about this is who I am. You get all of the colors. <laughs> Yep. You get all of the crazies, right? Like, which is, and I say that with all due respect, because I love the colors and the crazies that we bring into marketing and branding and culture, and that your CEO, your COO, were on board for that, and then that you have a seat at the table for any of our listeners. I mean, we're in the midst of the Great Resignation, right? And folks are leaving organizations that aren't a good fit for them and moving to new organizations. If you're in a transition like that, you know, take a note out of Christie's page book and and advocate for your of like, this is really who I am and what I want to bring to your organization. And I would like to make sure that I have a seat at that executive table. I'd say, Christy, I see probably 50% of the time, folks in the marketing executive seat don't have a seat with the CEO and COO and investors and having that really high level conversation. And it is critical, especially when you're scaling at the level that you are.
2: I look at a lot of my job is I get to drive revenue Mm -hmm. and how can you not have a seat at the table if your number one job is to drive revenue? I mean, that's that's insane to me, right? Like a business cannot survive unless there is revenue and especially new revenue coming in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I think that that that's very smart of MBK to really embrace that. Hey, look, this team drives revenue. They should absolutely have a big piece at the table.
1: Exactly. We're
0: going to take a quick 30-second break. Can't wait for answers to some of your biggest marketing challenges? Go to slash podcast and download a free chapter of your choice of one of Wendy's best-selling books. She has a book just for the senior living industry, one for medical organizations, and another one just for dentists. Most healthcare organizations feel overwhelmed about marketing. Wendy offers the cure. Her concise handbook shines a light on how you can put a method to your marketing for years to come. Visit bigbuzzinc.com slash podcast to download your free marketing book excerpt now. That's bigbuzzinc.com slash podcast. And now back to the show. Christy, tell us
1: about your work on the brand ambassador at Bridge the Gap, the senior living podcast. Why'd you start it and what has it become?
2: Ooh. So I've listened to the bridge the gap podcast a couple years, I think now. Uh, and so I'm just going to be starting doing the, being a contributor in July. Got so it. it. It's coming.
1: Nice. Yeah. Good. Yeah. All right. So you and I, we've sort of danced around this topic, but I am curious to ask directly, you and I are both wives. We're mamas, we're businesswomen It could be a lot and yet very fulfilling. (laughs) What are you most proud of achieving as a woman?
2: Oh gosh, that is such a tough question, but I would say I've been married to my husband for 15 years and developing our relationship. and, And you and I were talking kind of offline, Wendy, but my husband and I are very opposite. If you see... Pink and sparkly and glittery In me, he is a sparkling water. He is just <laughs> um he he's got his own pizzazz, but it's much more um reserved. And learning how to navigate a marriage when you're opposites and when one person is extremely career-driven, and the other person is just there to support. The, the dreams of the family and and the and the career oriented person and to hold down the fort when the other person's gone i mean my husband is the rock of our family and so being able to develop that our marriage and our relationship and being parents at the same time um it's so much. i would say that's that's our greatest Accomplishment. And it's both of us, not without its trials and tribulations. That is for dang. Sure.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Congratulations on 15 years. That is amazing. And what came to mind as you were sharing that with me, Christy, is um, I was in a meeting of my chapter of the Women's President Organization recently. And one of my sisters in that fellowship said something to the effect of In any marriage, out of like 10 years, you'll have two really great years. You'll have two really, really trying years. And then everything else is just sort of average. And it was so, first of all, the next thing that came out of someone's mouth was business is the same way. And then someone else said (laughs) life is the same way. And it was such a relief to hear another woman say that. Cause it's like, I have been married for 18 years now and it's been so I love like getting up into the teens because like I look back at my marriage and I can see, I could see really clearly like the two years, you know, every 10 that were like really hard and the <laughs> two that were like really banner years. And then I yeah. can see just, we're just doing life together, the other six, you know, but yeah. that it doesn't like nothing lasts for long. Like we've all come through a crazy hard time these last two years and we may still be in the thick of it, yeah. um, but that it it's not going to last forever. And we will get back to a normal, you know, those sort of normal six years and we will get back to banner years too. So thanks for sharing a little bit of your, of your personal life with us. So I'll end with this question. What vision for the future do you have for the senior living industry?
2: Well, I'm so glad you asked about Disney day because my ultimate goal is to create a senior living environment that is very... Disney customer service and hospitality-based. Now I'm not talking Mickey Mouse delivering breakfast or Belle (laughs) calling bingo. It's not like that. I'm a, a former Disney cast member. I worked at Disney Channel. I'm a cruise line former cast member as well. And there are pieces of hospitality and customer service that I want to emulate in senior living from what I learned in my years of hospitality. So I would love to see a Disney inspired senior living. And I would like to be a big part of that.
1: Ah, I totally see it. It's so clear, which makes a great vision. And uh, I too am a huge Disney buff grew up going to Disneyland out West when we visited my family out in Hollywood and I could totally, I could totally see that journey and I want to be on it with you.
2: <laughs> <Let's> <laughs> it oh, please come on board because it's, it's <laughs> going to be fun and exciting. And I think that it would be uh, something very unique and uh, needed in the senior living space.
1: Agreed. Agreed. Christy, thank you so much. This was just such fun.
2: Thank you, Wendy, for having me. This was great. Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to Marketing Mysteries Solved. If you found this episode enlightening, please subscribe to our show and leave a review. To hire Wendy to speak to your organization or to explore working together, get started now at BigBuzzInc.com. That's BigBuzzInc.com. We look forward to connecting with you.